Hi guys, welcome to the newest edition of the Red Wall Podcast. I'm your host, per usual. My name is Marcelo Inostroza, and welcome to episode 66, entitled More Than Just TV. Alright guys, so if you remember last episode, I was telling you all about my irrational fear of having to go to the doctor's office and how that made me feel and where that came from and how I dealt with it. Anyway, for a little small update on that front, I went to the doctor's office and despite having to spend five hours wearing a mask uh, because I was around other people who had to go to the doctor and they were wearing masks too, too, um, the appointment went very well and here's the best part. I'm not going blind. So with that being said, on the way back from the uh, doctor's office, I got into a conversation with the family member who was who actually gave me a ride to New York to accompany me uh, uh, to the doctor's appointment. And we got to talking and eventually I got to talking about my love for certain TV shows and what they mean to me and why they are so special to me and the fact that every almost every TV show that I love has a significant meaning to me for a specific reason. And the funniest thing about it was this family member couldn't understand why some TV shows had such a personal and impactful effect on my life like for example one of the biggest uh um tv shows that has had a humongous impact on my life would have to be Dawson's Creek and I explained to this family member that when I saw the show for the first time it had such a deep impact on me uh emotionally psychologically and professionally of course because if I didn't see that show at that specific time, I would have never wanted to become a screenplay writer. And it was just funny that for some reason, this family member couldn't understand that a TV show can mean more to somebody than what it's just portraying or what it's talking about it for, or, or what it's talking about. Sometimes, TV shows can can help people out of the worst situations of their lives. It can comfort people during the worst uh, uh, situations of their lives, and it can and it can remind them that although they might be going through the ringer right now, that feeling of helplessness, that feeling of not being in control, isn't going to be around forever, and eventually things are going to get better. So, um, Dawson's Creek and Felicity really reminded me of that, that, you know, things are going to get better in my life. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not always going to be alone. I'm not always going to be sad that, that there is a happier part of life, right? And there are things in life that you should enjoy, that you should enjoy doing, that you should enjoy experiencing. And Felicity 
specifically with Felicity because Felicity helped me out of one of the worst times in my life. And, and Felicity, to me, was like a good friend that was always there and was always able to comfort me and always make me feel like I was getting a hug from a friend. And uh, I, I, I've said it um, before on the other podcast that I do, Radio 815, which is all about the man who created Felicity. I said it on there uh, when, we, uh, when we did our final episode on Felicity that Felicity in many ways helped me put myself back together after one of the worst parts and worst depressions that I've ever gone through in my life. And um, if it wasn't for Felicity and a couple other shows, I wouldn't have gone, I wouldn't have been able to put myself back together and I wouldn't have been able to move forward in the way that I have. And to, to go back to this family member, I don't mean to keep harping on this, but it was out, it, it was really interesting to me that she couldn't comprehend the effect that television can have on the person who's watching it. I didn't, I didn't grow up with other um, uh, siblings. I, 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 I'm a lonely child, so I didn't grow up with that sense of brotherly love. Although I do have a person in my life who's like my brother, but I didn't grow up watching TV with other siblings, right? I grew up by myself. So in many ways, the programs that I watch gave me a sense of friendship, gave me a sense of, uh, gave me a sense of, uh, uh, togetherness, gave me a sense of, um, um, uh, community and, and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, uh, more recently, the show that really, um, gave me something really profound and gave me something that I could latch on to and something that I could understand is um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. When I, uh, w when I was a kid, Star Trek was always there. As a matter of fact, I can't remember a time when Star Trek wasn't a part of my life. But when I was a kid, I viewed Star Trek more on the surface level. I, I viewed it more as a science fiction show. I really didn't look and I really didn't understand the deep philosophical meanings that these writers and these creators of these shows were injecting into Star Trek, right? And it wasn't until I left the show for a long stretch of time because I, I have, you know, I had gotten other interests in my life as far as entertainment was concerned. But when I came back to it, I found it really striking that uh, sort of the stepchild of the Star Trek franchise up to that point, Deep Space Nine, was the was the Star Trek series that really gave me a a, a firm understanding of how it is of of how um how can I say this? It gave me an understanding of religion that I could understand and I could accept. Now I was as I've as I said on an earlier episode this season, uh, I, I believe it was called uh, the Star Trek Influence. I went into a crap load of detail about how I grew up Catholic and how I had all these questions and all these concerns about what um, 
they were they were preaching while I went to church, but the, how I didn't really understand it. And through that not under through that misunderstanding that I was having, I you know uh, I you know got certain views about the Catholic Church, and, and I and and I started to form views about Catholic people and about the worshipness of religion and and the fact that I didn't agree with it and I didn't understand it and I didn't I didn't get it you know and it wasn't until Deep Space Nine and then uh, and then you know rewatching the Next Generation to really grasp a a an idea of belief that was acceptable to me and one that I could understand uh, um. A lot of, you know, one specific person in my family asked me one time, where did I get my overall belief system of evolution over standard religion? And I can tell you right now, you know, I I really, I really dug that out and I really nursed that by watching um, A Deep Space Nine and The Next Generation because people, to, to reiterate, to kind of reiterate what I went over, in that Star Trek episode that I that I did uh, earlier on in this season, uh, a lot of characters in the um, Star Trek ecosystem or the Star Trek universe don't necessarily believe in one mythionic uh, god figure. I mean, sure, they, they. I mean, sure, they're in in Deep Space Nine, uh, especially there are the Bajorans, and the Bajorans are 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 you know, are, are ultra religious. They, they, they have their own God and they, they have their own. Now, sure. The Bajorans have their very strong belief system. They have the, they have the Kaiopaka as basically their God figure. But other than the Bajorans, um, there isn't, really a faction in Star Trek history that, you know, has a messianic God figure. In fact, it was Gene Roddenberry's Creedy when he created Star Trek all those years ago that Star Trek wouldn't specifically tackle religion. It, it, it wasn't interested in that. It was interested in telling other stories that had that had um, that had parables to the day that Star Trek, uh, the day that that episode was being made in, right? Like a lot of the earliest Star Trek episodes are parables for things that were actually happening during the '60s. But the funny thing is that although Gene said I wasn't, I you know you know I didn't want to tell stories about religion and I didn't want to force my beliefs, my 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 somewhat religious beliefs on other people, the best Star Trek show, the best Star Trek premises to me are those episodes that ask those philosophical questions about, about, about how people uh, uh, justify their beliefs and, and how people deal with crises of faith and crises of, 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 of what the Star Trek universe defines as religion. So, yeah, if, you know, if it wasn't for uh, uh, Star Trek and Deep Space Nine, I think I wouldn't, I think I would still to this day be struggling with a 
a definition of religion that I could accept, but because of Star Trek, I have a a definition of what I believe in, and I have a belief system, and if and I'm so happy that later on in life, I I uh, sort of rediscovered Star Trek, and I began to uh, I began to look at it more deeply, and I began to dissect it, and I believe, and I began to get more out of it. Um, you know, you know, the same thing happened with uh, the first show that I ever watched on TV, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love Buffy when I first watched it, and I still love it to pieces today. But watching it as an adult, it brings another layer to it because if you look under it, Buffy is a story of a story of adolescence, right? And the monsters are a parable. For adolescence, right? Um, uh, Buffy, in a sense, is a story about growing up, right? And a large part of the show is about uh, tackling uh, about tackling uh, uh, real life issues and 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 tackling uh, uh, real uh, uh, teen issues growing up. Through the prism of a vampire show, instead of instead of saying, "Oh, look, I'm having a, I'm having a, I'm, you know," instead of doing a show about drugs, right? You do you do a, a show about a mystical wizard that got you know uh, addicted to magic, right? And I think that's the brilliance of Buffy and the way that it really instilled. Um, uh, uh, beliefs in me about friendship, about honor, and about respect among, uh, 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 um, and about respect among my friends and my and and and, and my inner sense of power. It's ju- it, it was just it was just phenomenal uh, to watch for seven seasons, and. I the the reason why I love Buffy so much is that it 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 shows uh, the the way that it the way that it paints characters isn't a, a typical way. First of all, it has a strong uh, a woman uh, uh, spearheading the show, and this strong woman is not a Mary Sue, right? She she makes so many mistakes early on in the series, and she falls and she fails, but through the mistakes that she makes, with each season she learns and she gets better. I'm having she, 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 uh, through each season she learns and she gets better, right? And it's, you know uh, until where she kind of plateaus, and at the end of the show she becomes so powerful that 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 she can vanquish all the demons and all the vampires from the Hellmouth, right? In Sunnydale, California, right? But she wouldn't have gotten there if she hadn't gone through these these uh, these sort of pillars of growing up. And I love the way that Joss Whedon designed the show in asking real questions about teenagers growing up in the 90s, but disguising it as a show about vampires, demons, and other things that make us go bump in the night, right? 
And um, I really uh, appreciated that. I really was lucky and I really appreciated that. That was my first show growing up as a kid. The other, um, the other show that really impacted me um, through a more personal sense is the show Lost. Now, I mentioned in, in another podcast that when I was first introduced to Lost, I kind of made, made the worst decision that somebody could make. Um, I remember when Lost was coming to an end on ABC and I ha- I wasn't a fan of the guy who created it yet and I had never seen an episode but I was curious about what the hell the show was and I was curious about how it would end. So I made the dumbass decision of watching the last episode of Lost first. I watched the last episode of Lost first and like many people who had never seen the show before and who was just curious I was like what the fuck is this this makes no sense what the hell just happened so a couple years later um I had you know I had changed my life already and I had began to appreciate the people that put these shows together and I came back to the show but this time I was a fan of the guy who created I, I was a fan of the guy who created the show so when I came back to the show, I decided to do it the right way. I just I I watched it from uh, uh, start to finish, and during that watch, I remember uh, my my grandfather coming in and asking me what the hell I was watching, and I told him I was watching a show about uh, some some people who uh, go who who get on a plane. And they crash on this island, and on this island, really weird shit happens, right? Like, there's polar bears, there's hatches, there's all sorts of weird shit. And my grandfather showed it to my grandmother, and she really loved the show from moment one. And Lost was that first show that I got to watch together with my family on DVD, and we would be on pins and needles as we waited for the next DVD to show up from our Netflix, from our Netflix queue. And I can I can tell you that Lost introduced me to one of my favorite writers of uh, one of my favorite writers working today, Damon Lindelof. It introduced me to 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 a different kind of storytelling and it really it really struck an emotional chord with me because I got attached to the characters, I got attached to their plight. I I I I really really connected with the story that they were telling and it was that first show that I got to experience with my family um uh season by season and I thought that it really brought us closer together and it really gave us uh, 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 so, uh, uh, something to come together on in ways that you know we weren't able to before. I mean, sure, I watched stuff when I was a, a little kid, and I watched it with my parents. But most of the stuff that I watched when I was a little kid, I liked, and my parents had no interest in. But this was the first show, really, that 
I was able to connect with with my grandparents and 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 it was a it was a it was a shared experience that I will never forget and every time I watch the show I love it more and more and I appreciate it more and more because like I said it was the first show that really made me come together with my grandparents in ways that I never could when I when when I was a kid growing up and when they were when they were raising me when I was small. So um, yeah, and the last show that really affected me and has a personal connection to me um, that I would like to talk about today is the show Leftovers, and the show Leftovers has a unique and sort of a sad place in my heart. First of all, I love the the overall conceit of the leftovers basically a a a um a rapture like event happens and and half the world's population is just here one day and gone the next and the show is about the people that were left behind and about how these people dealt with the disappearance of your loved ones, their spouses, their entire family in most cases. And basically what you do for three seasons is you watch these people go through life and try to come to terms with what happened to them and why it happened to them. Anyway, the reason why this series is so special to me is that, first of all, this series was adapted by... The same guy who uh, uh, was adapted by one of the co-creators of Lost, Damon Lindelof. So right there, that's a giant selling point for me. But secondly, and most importantly, um, as the show was premiering, I think a, I think a month before it premiered, I came to my grandmother and I told her, "Listen, uh, the same, um, um, this new show is coming out from one of the creators of Lost, and it's called The Leftovers." And I showed her, and I showed her the trailer, and she felt really intrigued, and she felt kind of excited about watching the show with me, and we were, and we were looking forward to that. But um, unfortunately, sadly, my grandmother uh, passed away a month before the show premiered. Um, she had a heart attack, and so you know. Um, Every time I watch the show now, I, I think to myself, "Damn my my grandma my grandmother would have really loved the show, and I and damn it, it would be, it would have been really nice if we would have been able to experience this show together." But here's the weird and the strange thing: um, after the pilot, after uh, the, the night that I saw the pilot, I went to sleep, <laughs> and I had a dream that I had a dream to where my grand my my grandmother came to me in my sleep and said, listen, I know I was supposed to be there. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there watching the show with you, but it just didn't work out that way. And the last thing that she said before she before I woke up, she said, listen, you were kind of wondering to yourself, what was the overall mystery of the leftovers and, and, and where they all went? Well, Listen to this. I know what really happened, and I know where they all went. And that's when I woke up, and 
that's when you know I was like, "Really, Grandma? You're gonna, you're gonna, you, you're gonna, you, you're gonna, you're gonna dangle a carrot in front of my face, and then you're not gonna let me eat the carrot?" But um, that dream and that moment, and sort of watching the pilot for uh for the first time without my grandmother and knowing how interested she was in the show and how forward she was looking to watching the show with me on a week-to-week basis makes that show that much more important to me because it was showed it was a show that was supposed to watch with my um grandmother but unfortunately like i've said uh um you know you know um the universe had other plans for her. So, yeah, so that's the conversation that I had with this family member. And that's what I've tried. That's what I tried to convince her of that each show that I've watched in my life has, uh, is not just a show that I turned on to just, um, to just, you know, pass the time or just to distract me. Every show, almost every show that I watch has, a specific reason why I watch it, and it has an emotional attachment to me. And there's something about it that I find special, and there's something about it that sort of helps me understand who I am and cope with a section of my personality, right? Whether it's, you know, answering my questions about religion, whether it's helping me throughout, helping me through a tremendous difficult time in my life, whether it's changing my life, uh, uh, whether it's whether it's teaching me about growing up, or whether it's reminding me about a person that I love, or whether it's a show that brings me closer to my family members in ways that I couldn't imagine. Every show that I've seen in my life has a specific uh, has a specific meaning to me, and. Um, because of that, I really love the the art of television and writing television, and I and and, and I love experiencing television, um, and, and 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 the feelings of of joy, despair, and happiness that I feel when I'm watching things that I love on television mean a lot to me, and they will continue to mean a lot to me. Till the day that I no longer draw breath, no longer draw breath, no longer draw breath. There we go. I finally got it. All right, guys. So I think that'll do it for this episode of the Red Wall Podcast, episode 66, entitled More Than Just TV. As always, I've been your host. My name is Marcelo Inostroza. And until next time, as I say often, I'll see you when I see you.